What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right. We are back for part one of our fourth wall breakers. Part two will be out on Thursday. By the way, on that whole tip. Ooh, the tip. What did you guys think of last week being split into two parts? I think both of the episodes were, or part one and part two were about an hour and ten minutes each. Right. So it spread it out over the week. So hopefully you guys were okay with that. This week, we're going to be focusing on fourth wall breakers. So we picked two movies that we're going to be talking about that technically break the fourth wall. And they're independent films. So we were like trying to figure out what we're going to call this thing. We were going to like independent fourth wall breakers something. What did you want to call? Was the one you wanted to come up with? <laughs> what was it? Break on through the fourth wall? Yeah, oh God, dude. <laughs> A little... Jim Morrison. Break on through. <laughs> we gotta take like peyote or some shit. Right. Fucking talk to the Native American guy. Is there some ayahuasca desert? up in this motherfucker? <laughs> oh god, here we go. Alex, what's his name? <laughs> I don't remember. Chris that. Geos. <laughs> Fuck him. All right, man. I don't really care if you guys are into crystals and things like that. That one's just a fake. Anyway, <laughs> peace. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost my total train of thought now. I, I brought him up and it just... I immediately pictured his genitalia. <laughs> uh, no. But yeah, we're just kidding. Uh, we really don't give a shit. But this week we are going to be doing fourth wall breakers. And we got a special thing that's going to be happening next week. Not this week. So for this episode, for this part one, we're going to be talking about our horror shots. We're going to do all the regular stuff, all the way up to grave plots. And then Thursday, we're going to come back and we're going to talk to you about two movies, two independent movies, one of them being Resolution 2012. It's not the movie's called Not 2012, but it's like... It came out in 2012. Yeah, it came out in 2012. Then we got Motivational Motivational Growth. Growth, Yeah, Yeah, Motivational Growth for that came out in 2013. Uh, We're going to be talking about that. And funny enough, uh, I actually was talking to Don Thacker, who is the director of Motivational Growth, uh, and he will be joining us next week for a sit-down, a little campfire. Yay. A little round robin. You put a little marshmallow on my stick. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk to him about his upcoming project, Motivational Growth, a little bit, and then we're going to jump into grave plots with him because I really want to try to get people in on the grave plots it's so fucking fun like it is and and it's scary like when we're doing it because we're like fuck now we gotta come up with something it's like it's like someone pushed you out in front of an audience is like okay sing right it's like what 
Or like oncoming traffic. Now dodge every car. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, I saw a video. Oh, yeah. Remember I showed you the yeah, video? Man, I, I have lost so much faith in humanity. The internet is like, I can't take the internet too seriously. But my God, man. Long story short, a car, these cars have been sitting there for some time. And this other car tries to go around. He He starts honking his horn, pulls up to the crowd. And then rolls over like two or three people, like well, under the was, car. Yeah, one guy was actually under the car. Right. I'm like thinking, like, holy fuck, this guy just rolled over like human beings. And if you notice, the car kind of like you know is hesitating to get over the the rest of his body. Human life means a little bit more than that. I like watching the chaos on the screen, but I don't necessarily like watching people get run over. Yeah. And then people try to justify it by like, oh, they were mobbing my car. No, they were not. They were standing in the road for hours and you decided to roll over them. Right. But let's just say a bunch of people got run over in a crowd that were trying to protest. And a lot of people were saying it was okay to run people over in that situation and I don't care what they're arguing, even if it's pedophilia. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the most I'll say anymore about it. I don't want to get into it. I want to get too fucking political here. Right. We're here for fucking whore, right? We, <laughs> we want to talk about whore, right? Not fucking murders that are real whores. We're talking about the holes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like them holes. But anyway, what have you been up to, man? Oh, not much. Uh, went to Vegas. Uh, lost big. Okay. When you going next week too? Yeah, yeah, maybe I will. You lost big. How do you? What do you say, huh? Yeah. You what know, do you know? About five hundred dollars. Oh wait, what was this that we were talking about before you left, Patrick? I was like, you sure you want to go? You're like, well, we're getting the trip paid for. It should be okay. Yeah, I lost five hundred. And I was like, you're like, well, I got a hundred and fifty bucks laying around. We could do that. I'm like, you're gonna spend five hundred, dude. Yeah, you did say five hundred. I you? did. But other than that, uh, we went to Vegas. Lost about four hundred dollars. Uh, we ended up flying back though because we were on standby. And oh, that's right. The first flight was full, and we didn't feel like waiting around to figure out if we can get on the next flight. We just rented a right. car and fucking started hightailing it back to Arizona. But other than that, the only other thing I did this week was I picked up uh, Mario Kart Eight for the Nintendo Switch. Oh, nice! And I've been pulling my hair out ever since. Oh, it's that hard? It's really fucking hard on the on the controls. Well, the controls aren't hard. It's just it's new game mechanics that have been added to the game that I don't. I'm not privy to. Well, yeah, because you haven't been following along. You didn't have a Wii U, right? So it pretty much ends for me at Wii. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, you haven't. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, so like, I'm getting my ass kicked by eight year olds all day. <laughs> ah, yeah, rightfully so, dude. I remember when there was fucking arcades still. And I would go to the arcade, and some fucking little brat <laughs> would come up and put a quarter, and I'd be like, yeah, come on, baby. <laughs> Bring that shit. I'm going to stomp on this kid. <laughs> Mortal Kombat 2, bitch. And then uh, he would kick my ass, and I would cry. <laughs> and be like, I'm, I'm good at games. I've been playing a lot longer than this one. And he's just like, yeah, you just do this. And I'm like, oh, you fucking. I don't he's know like doing babalities and shit. Right. Man. Like, the younger kids, they really do have a bigger that's, grasp that's, on video games than we do. That's because they, it's not about, it's about being thrown in the fucking deep end. Right. And having to survive. Like, they're thrown in the deep end of the video game pool, and they know how to survive, like, really quick. Either either sink or swim. Right. Whereas we got doggy paddling and, 
you know, little floaties and shit. <laughs> and we had it, you know, we had it easy where these kids just got dumped in. Well, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that. A lot of those old school side-scrolling games hard. are really fucking hard. Right. Yeah, and they're not used to that either. No. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe maybe it's just we've evolved mentally. I don't I know. I think that their brains are still growing at that point and it just fires faster for them. Right. And while we're all old and stuck in our information, drug-riddled brains. <laughs> <laughs> all that cocaine. The ecstasy, that cocaine, that acid. <laughs> I like the cocaine. I like the co All right, I'm sorry. Mm. But other than that, that was my week. All How right. about you, man? I got really sick. That was fun. It was a nice adventure. It was like I a, heard your AC took a shit. Like they installed yeah, it we wrong. Had, yeah, we put a basically put a new car on the top of the house. Yeah, it's pretty cool. How's that working out? I don't know. Like you know, I ex- we were excited about it at first, but now it's like I don't even see it or know what it looks like. I saw it in a box, and they put it on the roof, <laughs> and I feel cool. Not in the like literal. Well, yeah, in the literal sense, I feel cool. Like the air is nice, but. That's about it. It's not like I can drive it off the roof and be like, yo, check out my AC, bro. Well, can you tell the difference at all? Uh, yes and no. It's, it's been a little bit of an adjustment. It's quiet as fuck. I can't even tell it's on most times. Okay. Which is awesome, but that's not really much saying much. For See, how I much like money to be able to hear the AC to be like, oh, cool, it's on. It's no, 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 no. <laughs> no, it's perfect for recording. Let me just put it that okay. way. Okay. I did get some, I watched some new shows. I watched uh, the new American Gods uh, TV show, which you have not seen. So yeah, I you were telling me about that, but if you want to, I mean, you can go well, ahead. Christina's a huge fan. She's been a Neil Gaiman fan. She's read his book, American Gods. She's done the audiobook. She's read the book. She's a huge fan of it. And I know a lot of people that have been huge fans of this for a long time. And now the show's out. It's kind of like the new Westworld, guys, uh, in a way. Not like in the story-wise or anything like that, but it's the new hot it's the new hot thing on the on the scene. And I, I wouldn't necessarily consider it horror, but it is graphic as fuck, dude. Yeah? Like, yes. Huh. Like the blood is a little bit like candy apple red, but man, it is gory as fuck, dude. Like I was pretty happy about watching this (laughs) i was so happy that i was like okay yeah i'm buying the book and i like literally bought the book while we were watching the show the first episode oh wow so we i've got that coming to me in the next couple of days or whatever so i might read along i'm not really sure but if you haven't seen it dude uh please listen to me this time patrick watch the fucking show i will watch maybe we'll talk about it each week i don't know if you guys would be interested in that also, I did pick up a couple of new movies. Virus came in the mail. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies. I also got Space Hunter Adventures in the Forbidden Zone. Fuck yeah, 1983. Right. Fucking something Strauss and Ro- Molly Ringwald. And uh, who's the guy that was in the Ghostbusters, I think? Ernie Hudson, isn't it? Ernie Hudson. Michael Ironside's in it. He plays, like, uh, the bad guy, kind of, in this, like, crazy fucked up world. I fucking, dude, I so love Michael Ironside. From, like, Starship Troopers to... Turbo Kid. Turbo Kid. And even his voice, as he did as, uh, uh, what was his name in the Splinter Cell series? Oh, I don't remember that. I can't remember the character's name in Splinter Cell, but he is. He has a good voice. Him. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I'm really excited about Space Hunter, The Forbidden Zone. I was actually very surprised at the amount of people who are into that movie. I've got it. I got another movie coming in the mail. I think I got, oh, 
I got brain damage coming in the mail. The two disc special edition from Arrow, brain damage. Frank Henenlauter with the Aylmer thing that sticks on the back of the guy's neck and makes him trip out. Right. Ugh. We're watching something with that in it. Okay. I fucking love that movie, dude. So, Too I don't... bad we already did, you know, Dead Alive, because that would have been perfect. Brain damage? Well, I considered using it, but I was like, nope, the Blu-ray's coming out. When I get that, then we'll talk about it. Right. I still have all these fucking movies on the shelf that I bought. Like, I got the Phantasm collection, I got the House collection, I want to talk about that sometime. So, anyway, I fucking love to collect. It's a fucking bad addiction, and I'm sorry. <laughs> it is. Anyway, I think it's about that time. No shit. Horseshit! In honor of the movies that we're going to be talking about Thursday for you guys, this is the pregame, right? We're, pre- yeah. we're pre-partying. We're amping up. For the flesh and potatoes segment, which, you know, maybe we'll do something a little special. Maybe we'll do a breakdown of what the fourth wall is. Oh, there we go. Uh, for the flesh and potatoes segment on Thursday. We decided that we one of the movies we watched is called Motivational Growth, uh, that our buddy Don Thacker actually directed, wrote, and edited. We wanted to pick a movie that was around that, and so we decided to pick a shot, a horror shot, called The Mold Nose. Because the mold knows, right, Jack. Jackie boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that on Thursday, but if you guys haven't seen Motivational Growth or Resolution, maybe it might be a good idea to check those out. We'll give spoiler alert warnings when we talk about the movie on Thursday, but definitely, uh, if you're interested, check those out. But the mold knows shot consists of three ingredients. Now, this isn't our most creative horror shot. Not by any means. But it's a make-do. <laughs> yeah, we're going to make it do. Yeah, we're going to make it work, okay? Now, one of the first ingredients that is kind of an odd favorite suddenly, I don't know why, we started drinking Sambuca before we started. Because it amps us up, dog. Well, well, first, like we decided that we were going to do uh, Micheladas or Micheladas, however you want to say it, uh, before we did the show. Then we got Michelada out. Yeah, too We got much. a little fucking, it was t- I was tired of drinking tomatoes. <laughs> like I was shitting tomatoes, like whole tomatoes. Um, so we decided that we are going to put sambuca in this. Okay, now we hate sambuca, but we love sambuca. Yeah, it's a love hate relationship. Yeah, we hate the way it tastes, but we love the way it feels because it amps us the fuck up. So first ingredient, you're going to put about a half a shot of sambuca. Will you please do the honors, Patrick? You want me to do it? I'm going to do it. Here we go. There you go. That's a good start. Knock over the, the shot glass. There you go. All right. There you go. Good boy. How much you wanted this? Cream to menth. We're not going to need that. Actually, yeah. We're going to need about almost a half, but not full. We realize that these are toxic combinations. But if you've seen motivational growth, it makes perfect sense. Because the mold knows. Now the last ingredient that you're going to want to add, and we're just going to put a little bit of a splash just to top her off, is Midori. I did tell you that we were putting cream de menthe in there before that, right? I'm a little spaced out right now. So, this is the way it works. Half a shot of Sambuca, almost a half a shot of cream de menthe, or creme de menthe, and a little splash of Japanese melon Midori. Now this is dark green 
And I'm not going to lie, we might hallucinate after taking this shot. I don't know, dude. Let me smell it real quick. I don't smell it. Oh, that's the curse. It, it, it always smells just like... Every it's, time you put Sambuca dude, in anything, it's going to smell like Sambuca. We took a shot with fucking Prego and a coffee bean in it. A ground-up coffee bean. <laughs> We're not classy people here, but this might be all right. We'll see. We'll see. All right, bring uh, it in. To a great episode, sir. Surprisingly smooth. Kind of smooth. It's kind of hitting the back. The mint kind of cancels out the um, Sambuca. Just a little bit, but you still get that Sambuca anise flavor. That turdy flavor. Before the mint completely. I don't think it's that bad. It wasn't bad. I think it's drinkable. I think think it's like you could order something like that. It really isn't all that bad. I don't know if I would order that. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's not amazing, but I'm just saying, like, we've had way worse shots, dude. Yes. I will agree with uh, yeah. that. But yeah, guys, if you'd like to make that shot or would you like to know the ingredients, you could go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our horror shots section, hashtag horror shots, and find out how to make it. And you can always send us pictures or videos if you're of age showing us how disgusting our shot is. <laughs> but that's it for horror shots. Hey, Patrick, what the fuck is that in the corner of the bathroom? I don't know. Why are we in the why are we recording in the bathroom? I don't know, but what is that in the fucking bathroom? Oh my god. What the fuck is it? It's the fucking news. Here is the fucking news. So if you've been looking for news for the last week, you've come to the right place, my friend. That's right. Speaking of the internet being shit bags, uh, <laughs> uh, earlier in this in the episode here, uh, there's some news. I mean, we this isn't the first time we've heard of shit like this. Okay, where people will push people off the internet. One of the first occurrences of it, and you know, I agree that Ghostbusters was shit. The new Ghostbusters was not a good movie, in my opinion. If you remember Leslie from. SNL and uh, the Ghostbusters, she actually left Twitter because of it. Well, in Internet Drama 101, death threats lead Josh McDermott from The Walking Dead to deactivate all social media. You know, that's just fucking, it's stupid. No one should be able to have to resort to some kind of means like this. It's, It's ignorant, and it's just... It's fucking television. Well, let me just get into it here a little bit to give kind of people a breakdown of what occurred. So, apparently, and this is as of May 2nd, so this just happened last week. It says here people are really passionate about the things they love, but some people take it too far and ruin it for the rest of us, such as the case for Josh McDermott. If you're not familiar who Josh McDermott is, that's his real name in real life. Not internet world. Right. Uh, his name is Eugene on The Walking Dead. He plays the sort of, I don't want to be rude by saying this, but he kind of plays the very smart, uh, autistic sort of redneck kid. Kind of, yeah, backwoods. Right. He was the one that lied about having the cure to the fucking disease. Yeah, being a scientist and actually right. hadn't worked on this. Yeah. Uh, well, if you've been following the show, spoiler alert, he joins the dark side with Negan. Because his character in a fictional story, his fictional character in a fictional story decided to join the bad guys because that's the type of character that Eugene is. He's scared for his own life all the time. He's a coward, yeah. Yeah. 
basically, he's been hit hard with a lot of harassment on the internet. So he went to Twitter, posted this. I'm not exactly sure where he posted this. I believe it was the internet. I believe it was the internet. I believe it was the internet. What kind of fucking common shit is that? No, I believe it was Twitter. But he said, Josh McDermott said, death threats. Don't send me death threats because I will report all that shit to the cops. I'm just sick of it. You can hate Eugene. I don't care. You can think whatever you want. But when you start saying you hope I die, I don't know if you're talking about Josh or Eugene. I got to report that shit. So just don't be an asshole and just stop complaining. Just stop complaining about everything on the internet, which is like fighting a tidal wave. Oh, it really it's is. It's like spitting in a tidal wave, hoping to stop it. But right. I, I totally empathize with his situation. He's like, just go spend time with your family or friends or loved ones. Just get off the internet. I love you. I do. I love you guys. And it almost looked like he was about to cry at the very end of that. But it's just crazy to me that I understand this show is very big and there's a lot of passionate people and there's obviously a lot of really stupid people. Oh, yeah. That should stop breathing overnight. And let me just tell you my problem with this is that when people lash out and react in this kind of way... Means he's a good actor. Well, not only that, but it it, it takes a toll on the people who are actually writing this show and maybe persuading them to maybe write something different than what they had originally in mind. And and that's... that's taking it to a whole well, other level that I see, don't understand or respect. And we're in a transitional period here where corporations, writers, directors will be affected by the vocal minority. On the internet. On which, the internet. Which is mostly 12 and 13 year right. olds anyways. Like we already saw this earlier with The Walking Dead where they had, uh, well, they were saying it was too graphic. Right. And they were like, oh, we'll cut it back. And then they cut it back and they were like, oh, we shouldn't have cut it back. We'll put it back in. And it's just like... Don't listen to those people. Those people are just toxic fucking idiots. Oh, and, me, and first of all, let me before before go you ahead. go into that, I just want to say like I have no connection to Josh McDermott. I have no connection to the show even, but just a human being. I don't think people realize it's that disconnect I was talking about. Right. Again. There's a disconnect between reality and the internet, and people just think that they can say whatever they want on the internet. It's like these little kids probably. I'm just assuming. I don't know who did it or what or what age they are. I wouldn't well, be surprised. I would hope they'd be little kids. Well, if it was a grown-ass adult, I don't know, I'd man. Be scared. I wouldn't be surprised. People just like to, they're like, I had a bad day. Someone stepped on my foot. I am going to go on the internet and spread hatred. Right. You know, but it's like all they're doing is pushing an old agenda. And all I can, I can imagine now is like, oh, violence in video games. Right. This is what caused violence in video games. All they're doing is opening up a doorway for them to create some stupid ass law or some sort of like anti-freedom sort of thing where they take away people's rights because people they can, nobody can handle themselves because it's too out of control and then they do these stupid things. It's like, I don't know. But that's that's pretty much all I want to really say about that. I think it's stupid, and if you're one of those people, like, spreading stupid-ass hatred on there, and then going, well, I wasn't serious, it's like, well, nobody knows who the fuck you are. Right. It's all negativity when you look at it. It's like, it's just a wall of negativity to somebody, like, and you know, if it was a little kid, and it was doing this, and somebody went to his Facebook and started spreading all kinds of hatred on it, 
that kid would be fucking suicidal. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that kid would be suicidal because they wouldn't know how to deal with it. I'm not saying that they should do anything. That's a lot to handle. It's like, uh, what was it in, like, Donnie Darko? They talk about that book, and I can't think of it for the life of me, where they find the ma- the money in the mattress, and some kids just want to watch the world burn. So right. they burn the mattress with all the money in it, not because they wanted the money, but just because they wanted to see reality be affected in some way that they could somehow affect reality. But anyway, I think it's stupid. If you're one of those people, go fuck yourself. Right. Also, something just came up, just got posted on Wednesday. The Thing is becoming a board game, and they just posted about it. It's kind of interesting because it's coming from a large group, like two different people that are actually supporting this. It's based off the 1982 horror film by John Carpenter called The Thing, of course. It's a board game. And it's called Infection at Outpost 31. So the thing, Infection at Outpost 31. It will be released in October. Uh, but yeah, basically, it's a, it's a board game. Some of the artwork is going to be really awesome. I'm positive. But it's it's by Mondo and USAopolis Designer Games Division Project Raygun. It doesn't look like it's like a Kickstarter or anything like that. It's like Mondo's just like, hey, let's do this shit. You know what I mean? I'm sure they knew it was going to you know, catch like wildfire. <laughs> well, the thing is like literally one of my favorite fucking, one of my all time favorite fucking horror movies. And I think that goes for a lot of people out there. Uh, you know, it's funny because I, I remember one of my first things I someone was like, what is your favorite horror movie? And I was like, Hmm, I like brain dead, AKA dead alive. But I think the thing might be up there. That was probably one of the ones that scared me the most when I was a kid. That's definitely, it's close to my number one. For sure, it's it, it it's almost it's a teetering kind of effect. You well, know as far what I mean? as scaring me, that one really petrified me because it had no shape, and that was the scariest part. It could about be it. anything, and it could be you. It could be me. It could be anything. It could be a dog. It could be a spider. It could be whatever it was crawling around at that moment. That is just very open ended. It is very scary, but I did pick up. I spent like a hundred and sixty dollars. I know, I'm not one of the highest spenders. There's people that spent like two, three, four, five hundred dollars on the Evil Dead Two board game, but I spent about a hundred and sixty on it. So I got all the painted figurines that they just showed some of the figurines for. Oh my god, they look really but you, good. But you you didn't spend enough to get the actual dice made no, from the cabin. I didn't get it made from the cabin, but I've still got the game. So by the way, guys, but he doesn't when, have the dice. Really, dude. What? Did you pick it up? Because you didn't even pick up the game. I didn't pick up so the game. So what are you pointing fingers at? I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm riding the toe, ca- the, the, you know, the toe. Uh, coattails? The coattails <laughs> of your, of your purchase here. Well, guys, by the way, uh, this is part of the reason I bring this up is because it's like I spent 160 on the Evil Dead 2 uh, Kickstarter campaign. I got all this shit coming with like comic books, like figurines, like I got all the expansions, extra cases, extra cards, extra dice, like the whole fucking gamut. I'm like, do I want to spend another however much money it's going to be for this board game? I probably will because it's probably already put together. So they've already got the money. So it probably won't be as much. But when we do get the Evil Dead 2 board game, guys, we're going to be doing a live stream of it, I think, once we play a few games of it and kind of get the handle of it. We're going to do a live stream somehow. We'll have to figure it out. But, yeah, stay tuned for that. You had some news, though. So on other news, uh, I'm not sure if you guys are fans of uh, werewolves or not, but there's a new werewolf movie coming out that I'm kind of interested in. The director, Todd Sheets, is coming out with another movie called Bone Hill Road. 
And if you're into werewolves, this is going to be right up your alley. He's going to be using tons of practical effects, which oh. anytime someone uses practical effects, I'm all aboard. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, right. I am hoping this is going to be awesome because Linnea Quigley is going to be in it. Exactly, and that was another thing that really freaking piqued my interest. Not only that, is that he said that he is going to use the style of the 80s. Right. And as we all know, especially people of, you know, me and your age, that we really adore the of 80s. Of course. And it is a buzzword, though. Because right. people make high promises by using the word 80s. 80s, yeah. And then under-deliver. You know well, we'll I mean? see. I mean, I mean, the trailer doesn't show much. We might put it in the comments below, but... It's still very early. It's still very early. The trailer doesn't show much, but a bunch of taglines and a little bit of the practical effects that they're using. If you guys have seen Todd Sheets movies, then you pretty much know what to expect, I think, right. at this point. But, it, I mean, the practical effects look okay, but you only see a, a tidbit of it. And when I say tidbit, it's literally a tidbit. But you're forgetting the most important part. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They got their Indiegogo campaign funded, fully funded. They nearly quadrupled the money that they were trying to raise on Indiegogo. So they're going to be able to do the full transformation of a female to werewolf uh, transformation. So that's fucking awesome. If you guys want to get in on that, by the way, go to the Indiegogo campaign with the link below and try to get in on some of those perks, guys, because it's uh, it's going to end this Tuesday. So if it's Monday today, you better get on it. Yeah. What else do we got? Roger Corman, age of 91, is continuing his That's series. That's crazy, dude. 91 years old. Yes, this is no joke. I'm glad of it. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, keep at it, dude. If you want to do it, fucking do it, dude. You've been doing 91 years. You know better than anybody else. Is coming out with sequels to Death Race. It sounds pretty promising. Two um, sequels. Two sequels. To the, the newest one. So one of them is going to be called Death Squad, and the other one is going to be called Death Race to the Finish. Right. And I'm kind of amped. I mean, if people want to talk negatively about his movies or whatever. I don't think it's to necessarily talk negative about his movies. I think, first of all, we're talking about a generation that's like our age who grew up with some of those movies right. versus a, a whole era. There's like a whole decade of people that didn't ex get to experience like Roger Corman's movies. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you know, like maybe a couple of decades even. But the newest movie that he did with Death Race... The newest one, I think it was like 2050. 2050, yep. Yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. I took it for what it was. I knew it was going to be lowbrow. I think it was going to be kind of silly and kind of hit all the right spots. I didn't like the CGI as much as they, they did in it, but they did have some, some regular effects in it. Right. Some gotta, practical yeah. effects. But I, I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good movie. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to this. No, either would I. I mean... I when it comes to CGI, I mean, when you got a low budget, I mean, you got to fill in the gaps where you can. You got to just make it work. Right. Well, in other news, we do have Jordan Peele making another social thriller, is what they're calling it now. Social thriller. Yeah, because the fucking Get Out was considered a social thriller. It's a part of a deal that he's doing with Universal. So, and this is what it says here. I'm reading this from Bloody Disgusting. It says, in the wake of the runaway success of this year's Get Out, Jordan Peele indicated that he hoped to make more social thrillers in the future. What's the latest in all that? THR is reporting today that Peel has just signed a two-year first-look deal with Universal. As part of the deal, Universal has nabbed Peel's next film, an untitled thriller that he will write, direct, and produce, which is good. Yeah. It says here, THR says, while the deal 
also calls for Peel to produce a wide range of products. A very key aspect of the pact is Peel producing micro-budget projects, reuniting the with Bloom uh, with the aim of giving a voice of opportunities to those traditionally underrepresented in front and behind the camera, be it gender, race, or sexual orientation. Peel said, I'm thrilled to continue the work we started together on Get Out, pushing the boundaries of storytelling not only on the next film, but with all the Monkey Paul future projects. We'll have a budget that's about five times bigger than than uh, the $5 million budget he had with Get Out. Oh, really? So I feel like Peel's like the new um, M. Night, in a way. Okay. I, mean, I can see that. He's like the new hot director on the scene. And now right. I'm really happy for him. You know, I know Dave Chappelle makes a little jokes at Key and Peel for stealing his show and stuff like that. I'd say pretty much did. It, it totally makes sense. But there was a gap that needed to be filled. Right. So I can't fault them for getting a little inspiration from him. Right. Um, but either way, he's doing something completely different out of that. So good for him. Yeah. I'm anxious to see what he does. We'll see what happens. And it's cool to see these these comedians <laughs> who really have a dark side. Also, just one little minor thing I wanted to add in before we end the news here, and that is that Kuso, uh, the movie by Flying Lotus that everybody walked out on on Sundance, is going to be coming out this summer. That's all he said. It just says Kuso forward slash forward slash summer. <laughs> so I'm anxious to see it. I want to see what the buzz is about. Right. I know that, I mean, I'm sure it's probably pretty offensive, but I've seen some pretty offensive shit, so I expect to see something decent. It looks silly. I'm open to it. Maybe Look, it's filled with, like, a baby rape or something. Uh, Serbian film was pretty bad. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe they just did nothing but baby rape. I don't know about that. <laughs> but, yeah, guys, that's it for the news! Okay, guys, so now it's time for us to do one of our most popular segments, and that is Grave Plots. If you're a little unfamiliar with what we do with this segment, this creative exercise, just stay tuned after this song, and you'll find out all about it. But stick around. way this works is we've written down some movie title names we've put them in a cup we're going to draw them at random we've included two take a shots in there Ugh. and whoever draws it which is going to be patrick this time whoever draws it has to take a shot and then it's kind of like a drinky game but then we come up with the movie story the characters the plot the death scenes, the tagline. We even make a movie cover poster for the movie, and we're going to do that right now. So, Patrick, go ahead and do the honors. Here we go, <laughs> shaking up the cup. Go ahead, pick it out, buddy. All right, here we go. What do we got here? What do we got this week on Great Plots? The Dimension Files. Oh, my God, dude. I feel like Nostradamus, dude. <laughs> like, literally, again, when I wrote that, I was like, 
that's the one that's going to be picked. Actually, we took a break right before we started Great Plots, and I was sitting out there and I was like, "Watch, it'll be gr- it'll be the Dimension Files." <laughs> Watch. I, I don't know what it is, but I have the most weirdest luck. I should be one of those people that go to Vegas and gamble because I'll probably win. And let me just say this: when you do go to Vegas and you just feel a machine for some certain reason, just sit down and play it. Just sit down and play it. See <laughs> yeah, where it just takes gamble you. thousands of dollars and don't we worry don't about. We don't have to be thousands, but throw a twenty in and see where it takes you. All right. So dimension, the dimension files. The dimension files. All right. Well, so, uh, I automatically kind of think of like uh, what do you call those movies? Where... Sounds like a TV show, but I don't want to like. Right. We don't want to go that route. We no. want to make it into a single story. Exactly. Maybe somebody that maybe there is scientists who can peer into these other dimensions. Okay. And maybe they're, you know, filing them, you know. <laughs> well, however you want to say it. <laughs> we don't have to be that literal. But documenting these each each one of these dimensions as they find them. Okay. And at some point in this movie, something happens where they're stuck in one of these dimensions. Okay. All right, well, so, well, I'm thinking, like, maybe we can take that Max Lauhan guy's little thing and mix it in there somehow. You know, the whole Mandela effect sort of thing. Right. But turn it into some sort of horror story. So, like, scientists change something, and now all of a sudden, reality has changed, and everybody's like, wait, there's monsters here in this world? Or there's, um, I don't know, like, how do we do this? Like, we got to do it something different. We've come up with so many fucking stories with this show. I think we have, like... I think we're on, like, our 16th fucking grave plot now. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so. Well, kudos to us. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're running out of ideas now. All right. And if any of you want to buy these ideas off us, they will only cost $10,000. <laughs> Small fee for a large picture. I'll, I'll take an Oculus. <laughs> oh, no. We'll and, take a lot more than that. And a brand new spanking computer. <laughs> <laughs> a $5,000 computer. Yeah. Are we going to uh, stick with the CERN idea? Where maybe... Well, it doesn't. It's, it's, we don't have to make it necessarily CERN, but let's just say that maybe people are able to travel through dimensions somehow. Okay. And it's almost like a sliders thing, but we got to turn it like spin it horror, like a lot more horror. Like, what do you think? Like, I think of Dimension Files, it sounds like an agency of some sort, some sort of governmental or secret agency of some sort. Doesn't right. have to be like the government, but there's like things that are changing our reality, and how do we go about doing that? Maybe, hmm, here's an idea. What if we do a movie that's almost like Waxworks in a way? Okay. But they're jumping into movies that we like, and maybe those movies are spilling into our reality or us into theirs. Mix and match all these our favorite movies, and we'll have like characters that kind of go into these worlds. Because in Waxwork, they have like they jump into the like wax works displays but maybe there's what's that fucking book that everybody all the kids read goosebumps okay do you remember the movie did you see the movie yeah the new one no oh jesus christ patrick i know i'm bad with movies i watch too many maybe maybe that's what it is (laughs) uh anyway they basically jump into all the different books they open it up or all the books start spilling into the world so somehow maybe we could do that but with like maybe there's like a horror fan and he has a bunch of horror movies. And we can make up all these different titles somehow, like different characters or something like that. And they go into like five different worlds or something like that. Right. And somehow they spill into our reality or they go into these things. Survive through these different stories. Like we can pick tropes of movies that we like. Now, or actually, we could do whatever the fuck we want. 
Really? Right. Like so, they could jump in Dawn of the Dead and all of a sudden they're in the middle of the mall. Or they could jump into Creep Show or whatever the fuck. So is this like a time constraint kind of thing? Like every ten minutes they jump to a new reality? Doesn't matter. Or? Just anything. So like we have to have characters that somehow stumble upon this sort of dimensional thing. Maybe it's like a glove that they find. And they don't realize it, but then when they pick a movie up, all of a sudden they're wisped away into dimensions of that movie or something like that. Like, what do you think? I mean, is that too much? It sounds cool, but like, after a while you would think there's like, stop grabbing horror movies, guy. Well, Waxworks, too, is kind of more along the lines of what I'm talking about in a way. Right. But the dimension files could be, you know, we could pick some fucking movies that that we like. Maybe they spill into each other movies. Like, maybe he grabs two movies and all of a sudden they both spill into each other and we have like this battle between Hellraiser and like the Hulk or whatever the fuck. So this power glove. <laughs> the power glove. <laughs> Just makes me think of that fucking uh, band. What is it called? Like electronic music. And they did the Cutsman and I can't think of what it's called. Something Horseman. Hmm. The Four Horsemen? No. But anyways, so it's going to be a glove. Where do they find this glove? I don't know. Maybe they find it in a uh, basement. Maybe some guy had it or is it in, in, a, in a bunker or is it like... Is it like next to a Mogwai cage or something and some old Chinese guy is trying to sell it to you? Or may- <laughs> maybe somebody could write a story, they put their hand on it, and then they become... A part of that story. Right. Doesn't even have to be horror movies, but we could make it into a horror. It's got to be a horror element. Right. I- I'm still having trouble kind of trying to grasp the, the uh, storyline because I just don't know. I mean, you can make it like an 80s cheese ball kind of flick and just kind of like... Whatever, it man. It. it doesn't have to be perfect. Right. We could start just like taking like a character from one movie and then bringing him into their into our world. Maybe it like makes a character from that world come to our reality and then we just have this mega battle. Maybe maybe yeah, like maybe we could get Freddy Krueger and fucking Michael Myers and like all this shit. Like we could come up with whatever we want because this isn't going to be a real movie. We don't have to work, worry about legalities or any of that shit. It's our movie. We can do right. whatever the fuck we want with it. I'm trying to, I don't know. I'm just trying to steer away from like playing with classic iconic characters and just doing our own story. I don't know. I'm just, I'm like, you know, like I want to come up with an original idea, but we only have so much time. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm just trying to throw us a bone a little bit. So they stumble upon this glove at maybe. It's a crystalline glove. It's like glittery. Maybe some family relative or relative or family friend dies and they have to go clear out his house. Yeah, like someone thinks it's like a Michael Jackson glove. Right. <laughs> and it's really like this powerful, like dimensional gateway glove. Exactly. Maybe like as they're looking through, they're like, what the hell is this glove? And they put it on. They think it's cool. And then they, without knowing, they still have it on looking through the other shit. Maybe they pick up a VHS. Ooh, okay, what about this? All right, so what if they put the glove on, they realize that they can visit these other worlds, they can't be killed in it. So when they get threatened, they feel like they're going to die or something, they just pull the glove off, right? Okay. Maybe their friends get wrapped up in it and get killed or something like that, but they take the glove off and they're back in the regular world. But what if, because they didn't follow some sort of rules or something like that, some of the characters from these other stories start to leak into their world. If, so they think of it as like watching a show, harmless, because they can just take it off at any point, but what they don't realize is that they've actually cracked a hole into that dimension. Well, maybe something like if that character or whatever from this movie had touched you while you were taking the gloves off, it takes that character with you to the other dimensional it, threshold, I guess. 
Right. I just think it'd be interesting. I've always thought of it as like, if there is an infinite number of fucking possibilities, an infinite number of like eventualities or whatever you want to call it, you know, all these movies that we watch on the shelf are other dimensions. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's fascinating in some way. And the fact that we could be able to kind of like view that world, experience it in almost like a mega VR world, but like actually being there without being hurt and then somehow ripping that hole into our dimension and then putting us together somehow is pretty interesting. Yeah, so I like it. what is a movie that you would love to see someone spill into and just kind of like, like what movie would you love to be a part of, but would be like scared of maybe? I think one of the only movies, cause it, it plays with a lot of my fears. It, it is probably one of your favorites too, is the thing. Okay, sweet. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would love to be in that world. But so maybe they're in Antarctica well. and they go to the outpost. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> McCready is there, and like maybe McCready slips through, like fucking his character, but he's an infected version of McCready. Okay. Somehow, because the guy, because whoever, well, we never know if he really got infected in the original movie. Right. Well, maybe he sees him frozen on the ground and tells him that come, come through this dimension, I'll save you. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's just like, oh, what's up? And then he touches him. Like, I'm sorry, man. And that's when he comes back to their world. But he is infected. Okay. Yeah. So McReady comes back, Kurt Russell, technically. But he's an infected alien that's coming back through our world somehow without him knowing. So he goes there. He thinks it's harmless. He's like, oh, shit, I feel like I'm at the end of the thing movie. Like, holy shit, McReady's here and his buddy's all frozen to death. So he gets... Brought back to their world. What brings him back to another dimension? He touched him somehow. He doesn't know that he actually is bringing these things back, remember? Right. But I'm saying, what's the next step for our characters? Do they touch another movie? Of course, yeah. At some point, he's going to go to all these things and then start to catch on that things aren't what they seem to be. Maybe McReady touches one of his other friends and they turn into one of those creatures. And then he goes into Halloween and Michael Myers is there and then infects Michael Myers or whatever. Maybe the thing like starts taking over all these characters and like it's like a living nightmare. It's almost like a goosebumps in hell. Right. Maybe McCready at one point gets a hold of the glove. Yeah, there we go. Shit. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a typical trope, but why not? Fuck it. We're, right. It's a little bit different, so let's do it. Maybe he goes into Return of the Living Dead. There we go. Maybe the chick who's dancing naked, L- Linnea Quigley's character, Trash, I think it's her name. <laughs> Is that her name, Trash, in the movie? Yeah, I think so. The one that it fantasizes by being ripped apart yeah. by old men. Yeah. You ever think about being killed, like, violently? <laughs> <laughs> I try not to think about death so much. <laughs> right. You know, maybe he's getting attacked by zombies or something like that and takes off the glove and he's back in his world. Right. Woo, safe. Not really. (laughs) Yeah, not really. But what characters are some iconic characters that we could mix up and maybe mess around with? Because I think this would be fun. I think this is a fun idea. Like, we're pushing the boundaries a little bit instead of trying to make our own story up necessarily. We're, like, doing things that you wouldn't be able to do in a movie but painting the picture like a movie. Right. Oh, I would love to see Chucky. Yeah, so you want to work him in. So maybe he uh, slips into a Chucky movie somehow. And maybe all these things, when they are brought back, they're also infected with the same virus that the thing is. Well, no, I'm saying the thing comes back and starts infecting the characters when they come to this world. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 
All right. What is the character that we're talking about here? It seems like it's a guy. Could be a girl. I mean, what do you want? How many oh. characters are there? Like, how many? Maybe like a group of like three, maybe two guys, one girl, one guy, two girls. It doesn't Two really girls, matter. one cup, maybe. Two girls, one cup. <laughs> you know, maybe Master Shake is mixing it up a little bit. <laughs> so let's just say it's two guys and one girl. Okay. You got the tag along, and then you got the couple. And maybe the So, ta- what names are we going to call these people? Let's go Travis. Michael. Michael. Uh, what, and um, Diana. Diana. Travis, Michael, and Diana. So who's the main, who's the couple? Uh, Diana and Michael. Okay, Travis is the tag-along. So who is the person that starts this? You wanted to be the tag-along? Maybe well, Travis. Maybe, maybe Travis is like the like fuck-up kid who's always like, you know, never getting his shit together. Michael's kind of like the straight-laced kind of guy, but still cool. Diana is like the bad girl, but you know right. what I mean? Like, she's not necessarily a bad but she's a little bit of a risk taker. Right. She has a different outlook on life than other people. But do. like her and Michael are kind of like opposites in a way. Like she knows Michael's cool, but Michael is kind of a little straight and narrow. Travis is the wild guy that kind of maybe likes Diana a little bit and feels like he should be with her or something like that. But he's friends with Michael, so he stays off. Okay, so we got, he goes in, McCready, says McCready, somehow McCready comes back. He dethaws in his basement. Okay, maybe he has this big basement. Maybe they play in a band or something, or maybe they, uh, you know, they have this shitty band that they're trying to make. Okay, Wild Stallions? No, fuck no. Yeah, that kind of is like that, huh? Right. I don't mean like that. I know this is where my mind went to. I was just throwing it out there. Maybe they're one of them's really into horror movies. One of them's in the comic books. One's in the video games. But they all like horror. Which one of the characters? So Michael is the one that gets the glove, and then lets in his other friends on in it. Right. Well, I'm thinking like I was saying before, like a relative had passed away. They're going through their stuff, packing it up. Right. They find this shimmering glove in the middle exactly. of nowhere. Like the curtain drops and the the, the light through the window, like ca- <laughs> cascades on the Michael Jackson style fucking glitter glove. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I start talking shit about Michael. I love Michael. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'll kill you. Okay. <laughs> so Travis needs help clearing out his uncle's belongings. So therefore, they stone puzzle glove. You know, sunlight. Maybe it's glimmer. Michael's. It seems like it should be Michael's. So it's Michael. Michael's dead uncle. Michael's dead uncle. Yeah. Right. So Michael doesn't really know his dead uncle. Never saw him. He was a troublemaker of some sort. He was like an adventurer, or whatever the fuck. And Travis is like, we should go check out his house, bro. Right. Going through his stuff, they find this glove, and maybe it's a mist with like all his other collectibles, so they kind of look at it like another tchotchke. They just think it was another collectible, they throw it on, whatever, and they start looking. And as they have it on, they're looking through the rest of the stuff, and maybe they... They find some of his uncle's old VHS. Right. Maybe, maybe him and Travis go into the thing. This is without his girlfriend, Diana. Right. Michael and him somehow go into that world. It's like freezing cold. They go in, they see McReady and his other buddy like sitting there basically freezing to death. Like the burned bodies outside. They know that this is the thing. They're like, holy shit, dude, this is the thing. We're in the thing. <laughs> and so then they take the glove off because they're scared and they don't think anything of it. And like maybe maybe Michael's got the glove on or maybe Travis has the glove on and touches McReady. He's like, yo, bro, you doing okay, McReady? <laughs> he touches him with the glove. So it's like he's pulling that in. Right. Okay, but they take off the glove because it's fucking freezing. They don't know that he's come back with them yet. So then they start looking around. They grab onto another thing. They realize, okay, every time I touch another movie, then we're going into that world. Right. So what is another movie that they touch? Chucky. 
maybe they, they don't know what movie they're in at first, and all of a sudden Chucky bursts out of a closet, or you know how he usually likes to sneak around and come out of Yeah, right. Friends to the end. So even though, so, so like maybe he's attacking Andy, like Chucky's attacking Andy. While they're in the movie. Yeah, yeah, and they grab Andy to save him and like push Chucky like really hard, and he slams against the wall. What the fuck? Chucky's like pissed, you know what I mean? Right. But then they take off the glove while holding Andy to try to protect him, and he comes with them. All right. So then they're like, holy shit, Andy's with us. (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) what the fuck, dude? But they touched Chucky with the magic glove, so somehow he comes through, but they don't know yet. Right. So then, like, they bring Andy back, and they're like, how do we bring him back and he's like what's happening (laughs) where's my mommy (laughs) so they bring andy back and they're like okay we need to not touch this glove something's fucked up about it he's like yeah but it's so fucking cool man he's like travis you got some fucked up ideas about going back he's like well what andy's gotta go back home he wants to see his mom he'll probably get killed travis He'll get killed by Chucky. You want to fight Chucky? And then all of a sudden you hear Chucky come out of like a cabinet or something like that. And he's like, what does he say? Like, what would he say? Heidi ho! <laughs> right. And they're like, like holy shit! And then they kill Chucky somehow in some fucking glorious way. And they're like, holy shit, he's in our real world right now. Chucky's in the real world. How did he get here? He's like, I don't even know how Andy got here. You know, like, but Chucky's coming at him with a fucking knife. How do they kill him? They got to kill Chucky somehow. Maybe there's like a, a simple shotgun blast to the face. Maybe a really big explosion. Yeah, maybe there's like a shotgun in the basement right. that Travis finds. And then he's like coming at him and it's like this scary moment. And then Travis just like pops one right in his face. <laughs> his head explodes everywhere. On this shotgun over here, you know what I mean? Or maybe they found it earlier and they were talking about it. He was like, put that right. down, Travis. Right. And he like loads it. He's like, you just loaded a gun, dude. <laughs> You know, and then they go into the the the, the McReady world, and then the then they go into the Chucky world, and then he just shoots him in the face. Right. But I think it would be funny, right? Yeah. No, definitely. So then they realize, like, okay, yeah, this glove is fucked up. Do we want to go back into this world to to put Andy back, or do we just feed him cookies and milk and go to the convention? <laughs> Maybe Michael's like, fuck the glove. I don't care if he's stuck with us or not. And he's like, where's my mommy? Right. Like, I don't know. It just could be silly. You know what I mean? But anyway, they take the glove off and he throws it in a fire or something like that. What you don't know is that Travis went back that night. Or maybe they go back into Child's Play World and push Andy in. Maybe we just get rid of Andy because that's just too much work. Okay. You know, he goes back into the world because they feel bad. They he's like, where's mommy? Where's my mommy? And then he pushes him into the world and they take the glove off and they're like, oh, thank God. Right. So then the next day, it's convention day. He's like, fuck, man. He's like, that was a wild adventure, man. He's like, ah, we don't need to be going into that. So they burn the glove with like some lighter fluid or something like that and bury it in the ground. But Travis goes back that night because he's just too curious about having that glove and loves horror movies so much that he wants to get that glove back. Right, okay. But it's convention day, so now we focus on Michael and Diana. So, And Travis, Michael, and Diana are going to this convention. It's a big one. And Bruce Campbell's there, fucking, I don't know, like all kinds of different... Like, it's a big convention. Right. And it's like the story of Michael and Diana now. Diana's like the sweetheart or whatever. And they go there, and now Travis is there, but he's been causing trouble by picking up other movies and slipping into them. Without the... But knows to anybody else... Yeah, like he's doing it 
like the viewer knows, but Michael and Diana have no clue. Right. Like you see Travis maybe looking shady and like picking up movies and looking around or something like that. Right. Do you know what I mean? One of the merchants or whatever, you know, like the fucking stands or whatever. Like minor story about Michael and Diana. And he's telling her, he's like, you don't even want to know what happened last night. You wouldn't even believe me if I told you. And she's just like, what are you talking about? I'll just say Travis's problems. (laughs) Travis always gets me into trouble. So what movie does does Travis pick up in the background that maybe we don't know about right away? Maybe even the viewer doesn't know. I would say Hellraiser. Yeah? Because what's a bigger villain than him? Pinhead? Pinhead is fucking... Okay. Yeah, that seems like a good one. Master of Pain. So we don't really know that he goes into the Hellraiser world. They think Doug Bradley's at the convention, even though he wasn't supposed to be there. And he's like chains start coming out of the walls and start ripping people apart and shit. <laughs> would that be cool? Yeah. Like, but he's got to pick a couple of movies. Like, what other movie would he pick? Um, what about Return of the Living Dead? We talked about that a little bit. Maybe bring a zombie back with him. Yeah. Like Tar Man. Yeah. The one that was in the the Unita Supply. Right fucking warehouse <laughs> you even get that legless zombie dude that would be cool so somehow travis has fucked up and like gone into that world he because he's like got some balls to him not scared of it as much as like michael is because, right so like he got tarman he gets hellraiser he brings he doesn't realize that they're coming back with him because he touched these things with the glove he's like maybe maybe it would be funny to show like travis slipping into the world of hellraiser be like yeah that's cool buddy you know, like just tapping pinhead, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and see you later. And then takes the glove off. And then you just see pinhead standing there like, what the fuck? <laughs> and maybe he doesn't even have to touch him. Maybe it's just that realm. There is a yeah, that's a, possible. A portal that is still open. Sure. Okay. So like the convention's going on. They're in the merchant area or whatever, where all this like the like booths are. Pinhead comes back. And Tarman comes back somehow. Like, you start hearing people screaming and shit. The door's locked because Pinhead is fucking there, too. People are getting torn apart. You see, like, blood everywhere. And Travis comes running up to Michael. He's like, hey, uh, I fucked up, dude. I fucked up. (laughs) He's like, what the fuck did you do now, Travis? He's like, remember that glove thing that we burned? Yeah, Yeah, that thing didn't really burn. I went back and thought it'd be cool to... But I didn't realize I was bringing all these things back with me. It's like, we brought Chucky back. How would you not know, motherfucker? Right. So then you see people getting torn from limb from limb and like Tar Man, like grabbing people and biting their heads and right. shit. So maybe he'd be like, you know, he's like, how many movies did you visit, Travis? Eh, well, <laughs> I would rather not say. He's like, well, you're going to put them back. We got to put them fucking back now. I can't fucking do this. He's like, I know, bro. I I thought about it. And there's only one person that I can think of. Bruce Campbell, bro. (laughs) So they go over to the booth of Bruce Campbell. Like, Bruce is, like, freaked out. Maybe he's, like, hiding underneath the table. Right. Like, he's a real big puss. You know what I mean? In, like, real life. Kind of like Bruce. Like, what was my name is Bruce? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know if Bruce is going to be the one. He was like, well... I do have the glove. <laughs> Maybe we should go into Army of Darkness and get the real Ash. That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. I don't know. I think that's kind of fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fucking anything that Ash is a part of, I'm, I'm down. I say Army of Darkness because it's kind of like a weathered Ash. Right. It's the complete Ash. Yeah. Full transformation. Right. Like he's been through hell and back. 
Right. He knows he's kind of become is. more of a master of dismembering bodies. Right. Yeah. So what scene does so they all decide, like Diana, Travis, and Michael all decide to go back into that into the Army of Darkness. What scene do they show up in? Ooh, uh I would like the pit scene. Into the pit with those bloody sons of all. Yeah, maybe there's like all the people like screaming and you see the blood shoot up and then Ash gets out of the pit. Right. And he's like, see this? <laughs> this is my boomstick. <laughs> and then like Travis is like, yeah, bro. Yeah. Boomstick. <laughs> and, and Ash is like, what the? fuck is this guy because he obviously does not belong in that period right then you see michael and diana and they're like kind of awkward but ash is kind of keen to it maybe like he kind of recognizes their clothes and he's right like, you guys aren't from here who are you turkeys <laughs> you know what i mean something you that, jive turkeys yeah no i don't know jive turkeys jesus christ <laughs> he would just be like all right who are you turkeys and why are all these fuckheads uh or screwheads all fucking around me or whatever you know what i mean yeah what would he say to those kids and like how they like talk about this so they could bring him back into the regular world pitch him like how to save this thing and he's like against it he's like look kid i'm just trying to get back home and he's like well we can get you there Right, and maybe he's he's assuming it's it, it's going to be home. He's like, look, kid, last time I was around this shit, I got sucked through a fucking portal. My car's out in the fucking middle of the fucking 1500s. Maybe they tell him it's through a portal, and they're like, whoa, 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 you don't want to be fucking around with portals now. Yeah, we came through a portal, too, sort of. You know Michael Jackson? And then they're like, wait, wait a second, hold on. You know, like, Michael's like, well, <laughs> let me just talk to you. Like, listen, like, we can get you back home. Uh, S-Smart, right? You, like, work at S-Smart. He's like, yeah, kid, I, I would like to get back there. What the fuck do you know about this shit? Somehow convince Ash to come back. And he's kind of a jerk to him because he doesn't believe them. But in the same regard, he's like, why are these kids here? Exactly. So then there's like, he's like, look, I don't have time for this. And they grab Ash and, he, and, and then, like, pull it off and all four of them disappear into the convention and people are running around getting torn apart by pinhead at this point in time. Right. And maybe they like, they fall in violently <laughs> like he does when you know, right. Him. Well, maybe they all land perfectly, but Ash falls like, Ash a is like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Ash falls into like a display of like evil dead shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Maybe he falls into a display and there's like all these like fake ashes running around and he thinks that they're deadites. And he starts to point his gun at one of them or something like that. Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like people, like cosplayers. Right. Dressed exactly. like Exactly, yeah. Right. He bumps into one of them or something like that. And he was like, I like your style, kid. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Oh, for sure. That's definitely something he would say. Like, looking good there, sport. Yeah. Or something. Looking good there. Uh, one of you fuckheads want to tell me what the fuck is going on here? As he's like brushing off debris from falling into one of the displays or whatever. Right. Something has to happen where Pinhead and Tarman, something like Ash kills one of them. Can't be Pinhead. Maybe it's just Tarman. Okay. As he's talking to him, uh, Tarman like pops up behind him and kind of he's kind of like going on about this long, elaborate speech, how he's this shit. Right. And as all of a sudden, you know, Tarman's already on his ass and he still doesn't know about it. And everybody's gawking at him, and he's like, "What the fuck are you guys gawking at?" Well, maybe, maybe Michael, Diana, and Travis are like, "You gotta help us! You gotta help us!" He's like, "Where the fuck am I, first of all? And what are all these people doing around here?" Right. You know, because technically, he's like 1980s Ash, right? So he's seeing a lot of futuristic things. He's seeing people with cell phones, right. and he doesn't know what the fuck they are. I'm just trying to paint the picture, so it's like culture shock. 
right. kind of to him. You know what I mean? Maybe there's like a joke. He's like, he's like, what the fuck are the like what the fuck are these triangles? Yeah, <laughs> or triangles. whatever the fuck. Where are we at now? Well, we figured out the tar man has to fucking somehow attack him or something like that, and he was like. That's what I was saying. Maybe so, the tar like, man sees him from a distance, and they start. He starts coming after him real slow, and he's like, "Stay back, kid." Well, I here's got this. where I was going with it. So maybe he's like taking in the world around him, and he's like, "And what the fuck are all these fucking squares that are people looking at?" Like, you know. And maybe the whole time that he's bitching about all this shit that's happening in this new age that he's in, the tar man's creeping up behind him, and he pulls that classic Ash move where he puts the fucking shotgun over his shoulder and totally this obliterates him right and maybe maybe like one of the cosplayers or something like that wants to take a picture with him in the middle of all this chaos of hellraiser just because it's silly right and he wants to take a picture and he's like yeah i'll take a picture with you kid where's your camera he's like just like this he's like what the hell is that <laughs> and he takes a picture and he sees like tar man in the background right kind of like coming at him and then he shoots tar man in the chest, but it doesn't kill him right away, and he falls back, and like maybe his arm falls off or some dumb shit. Meanwhile, you know, tin- Pinhead's like raging and like killing everything around him. There obviously has to be like other chaos ensuing since he's been to more than those movies. He's been to a whole plethora of movies. Well, we don't want to go too many. Not too many, but maybe- but at least at least two. I mean, like we could do a bunch of kill scenes with just Hellraiser with Pinhead just alone, right? And come up with a couple of tar man, like, he's just biting people, and then, like, those people are turning into zombies. Meanwhile, fucking Pinhead's, like, fucking, like, filleting people with his fucking hooks and shit. Right. And people are, like, hanging up in displays. He was like, well, that's the craziest Christmas star I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, Ash is making funny jokes. Right. So... I don't want to do too many characters, because we don't have enough time for that. Well, I'm just saying this in the background. You see other characters, maybe, like, the blob sucking people up, and, like... This, like, in the background. Okay. They don't have to be main story. Well, he's killed Tar, man. Right. After he's already... Well, he shot him in the chest, and then there's a couple of people, like, shaking on the ground from being bit by Tar, man, with all this black shit. And he was like, what is this, poop monster, or some shit like that? <laughs> like, makes a joke, like Ash does. Right. All right, so what kills would Pinhead do? So Pinhead would definitely, like, dissect somebody. He would definitely, like, peel your skin off, maybe a layer at a time. Maybe there's, like, some cosplayers that have turned been turned into Cenobites. There we go. Oh, yeah, I love it. Chatter Monster all the way. Yeah, or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, maybe they get changed really quick. Right. Maybe, like, a whole crowd of people get sliced in half by one of the chains. Yeah. Kind like, of like Ghost Ship. Kind right. Of like, right. How does uh, Tar Man, like, what What does he do? Like, what characters does he kill? Like, there's got to be a funny moment with Tar Man. Background characters of the movie? Right, or, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I just keep thinking about Pinhead, though, and, like, maybe you should see, like, the box, like, the Hellraiser box, and, like, a, like, a merry-go-round of people being held out by the chains shooting out of it and, like, going around in a circle. Like, <laughs> like, you just see the Hellraiser box in the middle of the room. And, like, the chains shot out and killed a bunch of people. And they're, like, parading them around, like a merry-go-round. Like, okay. You, you ever seen the merry-go-rounds with the horses sure, go up yeah, and yeah, down? Yeah. But it'd be dead bodies, like, okay. displayed in different ways. All right. And so maybe, like, but, I mean, what about Tar Man? Like, what does he kill? Funny moment or something. He sees, like, Ash is getting a picture taken. He sees over his shoulder the in the camera, in the, like, screen of the camera, of the phone. 
He's like, what the fuck is this? You know, and then he sees the tar man behind him. Right. He's like, great. Now we got poop monsters. <laughs> Fucking great world you guys got here. And maybe there's already zombies because he's bitten a couple of people beforehand. Right. Yeah. And they're like shaking on the ground or something like right, that. Right, right, right. So, but he, he shoots him in the chest. He goes down. And he's like, man, he's just he ain't farting around. Like, <laughs> something stupid. Right. And then he shoots him in the head. Okay. And then he goes down. Fights off a couple of zombies or whatever, and then bumps into Bruce Campbell. Right. And then they have, like, a moment, like, Ash, like, the real, actual, fictional character Ash bumps into Bruce Campbell. And then maybe instead of being like, I'm good, Ash. You're bad, Ash. He's like, I'm the real Ash. You're the <laughs> fake Ash. <laughs> He's like, boy, you look familiar. Uh, yeah, pal. Looking sharp. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what would they say to each other? There's got to be some funny moment. Oh, it has to be something like, like... Oh, maybe Bruce doesn't realize it's the real Ash. Okay. Do you know what I mean? The fictional, the real fictional character, Ash. He's like, hey, kid, here's my card. Whenever you need some... Uh, like a stunt double stunt or something? Stunt double or something like that. You, you might have a job here, buddy. Here's my card. You're a handsome like, guy. <laughs> he's like, great. And he just throws the card on the ground. You know what I mean? He's like, wow, you got a real attitude about you, kid. I like it. <laughs> you got moxie. Yeah. He's, and then he just leaves or whatever. It's just like a quick cameo. Okay. I think it'd be funny that way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a crazy story, but we're trying to keep it short here, guys. Fucking Ash cleans up the place, okay? Everything's basically, he's finally killed the blob. He, like, burns the blob or whatever the fuck. All these different creatures. It's finally done. You know, there's, like, a seg, like, one of those um, montage. Right, where he shows you just slashing right, all Right, like, these. where all four of them are killing it's like montage music, you know right. what I mean? And so then they're finally like, he's like, all right, kid, this is clearly not my world. When are you going to take me back? And so he's like, I take, we'll, we'll take you back, man. Thank you for helping out or whatever. So they go back to his uncle's place, but they forgot about McReady. And so maybe the entire neighborhood has now been infected by the thing. Oh, yeah. So now Ash has to come back, and it's like this huge battle between like all the like the small neighborhood. Maybe there's like five houses or something like that. Okay. And then the, the thing is like infected pretty much everybody, and they don't realize it at first. Maybe he knew his uncle's neighbor or something like that. Maybe they met him when they went to his uncle's house or something like that. Like he was feeding the uncle's dog while they were at this convention or something, and they went over to ask how everything went. Or maybe the nosy neighbor saw them. Okay. And they had this conversation before all the shit broke loose. All right. And so that neighbor comes over and he's acting really weird. Starts like coming to like a creature, some sort of thing creature. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, boy, this guy's got some real serious problems here. <laughs> you, what the hell have you kids done? You fucking wrecked the world. <laughs> so then, like, there's maybe like they like have to like chop him up or something like that. Maybe there's like a fire somehow that they kill a lot of these. There's got to be something quick. Like, okay. Maybe he fights off some of these things, characters. He's like sawing them into pieces and shit like that. Right. After like the, the, the neighbor guys just like starts changing all of a sudden. And so he saws off that guy's head. And then all these people start coming out of the neighborhood. And it's like this big fight scene. Maybe Ash, after being overrun by these creatures. Okay. There has to be that classic Ash construction scene where he has a couple of pieces laying around and he puts it two and two together and creates his fucking weapon. And maybe it's like uh, a napalm thrower because, I mean, that's the only thing that can really defeat the thing is heat, right? 
I think you're right. Yeah, it does kill it. Maybe Fuck he turns you. all the gas on in a house. He like has them all follow him in. Okay. But it's like up in the air whether or not he got out. All right, you can do that. I was just saying because that's just like a classic trope from Evil Dead. Like he got to build something. You got to have that construction scene, the close-up shots. No, no, that's cool. Like he, you montage scene of him building an, uh, a weapon. Right. Okay. So he constructs this sort of like flamethrower weapon. He dives into a house. He has them all follow him in. He's like, you guys get them all rounded up, and, and they somehow follow him in the house. And it's up in the air whether Ash is still alive, but it's Ash, so of course he's going to live. Right. Somehow. So he finally, he comes out all burned up, sort of, has any one of you got a beer? No, or like, <laughs> uh, you're going to get me back to my fucking house now? Because I'm fucking tired of this shit, guys. So they take him into the basement of their uncle's house again, and they think, you know, Okay. Well, what they about- think everything's hunky dory, but when he comes out, they don't realize that he was infected by. He's not the real Ash. That oh. he was. He was a thing Ash. Okay. Yeah. So the thing is trying to get away by slipping into Ash's world, and so then, oh, I got it! I got it! I got it! I got it! Okay. So everything's hunky dory, and he's like, "Hey, you're gonna take me back?" Because he it, it absorbs his knowledge. Because they know that the glove somehow has the power. Ash did. Right. So like like they had some sort of conversation. So they take him into the basement and send him back to... Yeah, they go back to Army of Darkness. Whatever. Okay. So at the end of the movie, it's like happy. Everybody's happy. And they're like, man, that was a wild night, dude. So they go back to Michael's house. And he was like, you know what? I know it sounds crazy, but let's watch some Army of Darkness, huh? And they're like, yeah. And they start popping some popcorn. They're chilling, right? They put on the movie, and it's completely different now. And oh. it's, it's just the thing taking over everybody. And it's like a demonic sort of deadite thing. Right. That's like killing everything, and it's just like this, what the fuck? So they somehow affected the world of... Of, like, horror. Yeah, well, not horror, just of that movie. Right. I don't know. I think it'd be cool. And no, it definitely would be cool. Uh, so it'd be Army of Darkness, but with the thing in it. Yeah. So it's like this completely different story, and it's just mayhem. <laughs> and they're just like, "What the fuck?" I think it would be cool to end it like that. What do you think? Oh, I love it. Any kind of twist ending like that, it's always good. I think so. I don't know. I think it's fun. I I, I like that. So what would be the tagline for something like as crazy as this is? Jesus Christ. So we're talking about dimensions. We're talking about ripping into movies. Yeah, it's called The Dimension Files. So you have no idea that this has anything to do with Ash, technically. Maybe it's like behind every great horror movie is a glove or some stupid shit. <sighs> that doesn't make sense, though. Or maybe just groovy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I wouldn't mind just putting that on there, but I don't know. Is it the best we got, this groovy? No. Good world, bad world. He's the guy with the gun. I like that. <laughs> I just like that because I love Evil Dead. Um, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. I just was trying to be clever with it a little bit. No, I like it. To allude to the fact that it is kind of an Ash movie. Movie, but right. yeah. Well, let's just keep that then because I, I totally dig on that. Okay, so good world, bad world. He's the guy with the gun. Right. Okay, I can do that. Guys, first of all. Don't take us serious. Yeah, man. like, do you have any idea how hard it is? To come up with this story in such, like, on the spot a like A limited that. amount of time. Yeah, with a limited amount of time. So we didn't want to make this episode two hours long and then have a part two for, like, an hour. Right. You know what I mean? So 
But yeah, I think that's it for grave plots, man. I think that was pretty good. Wrap that shit up, put a bow on it. Yeah, baby. That is going to be an interesting cover. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> uh, I think people might be interested in it, though. I think it's kind of a fun story. And obviously, we could add so much more to it. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. So that's it for our part one fourth wall breakers. Obviously, we're going to be back this Thursday for you to listen to the flesh and potato segment. Mm. So you're going to want to stick around in a couple of days. We'll post it up on Thursday and check it out. Again, we ask all of you to, of course, help us by sharing this to anyone you can, letting everyone you know that we are the most amazing people you've ever met. (laughs) Even if it's a complete lie, which it pretty much is, uh, just let them know. (laughs) Let them know. Yeah, but we thank you guys so much for coming by for part one of Fourth Wall Breakers. Please stay tuned for this Thursday when we talk about motivational growth and resolution. We'll see you guys this Thursday.